This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. The Buck Sexton Show. We got Vince Colonese joining. He is the Daily Caller's executive editor on Twitter. He is the DC Vince. Vince, good to have you. What's up, buddy? Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks, Buck. Things are crazy. I, I, I don't know if you realize, but... The election happened, and no one saw it coming, and here I am. I'm fresh back from New York, and I'm ready to go, man. It, it's been kind of fun looking at the continued, uh, the, the sort of, the, the social media posts of shame as people go back and pull how, just how wrong uh, various pundits, pollsters, analysts, and all the rest were about this. My favorite, uh, there's a bunch of them to pick from. One of the best was Huffington Post saying that their internal scientific method- methodology had brought them to believe that there was a 98.1% chance that Hillary Clinton was going to win the election. That was the day before, I think, because uh, 98% isn't enough. You also have uh, David Pluff, who is supposed to be some political genius because he was part of the Obama campaign. A lot of that going around, by the way. You know, Anybody who worked for Obama in 08 is like some kind of a genius when if you worked for Obama, you were lucky because he was going to win no matter who worked for him. Uh, but Pluff sure. wrote, uh, he tweeted, I'm trying to see what the date is in this. Uh, I've got it here. Uh, oh, yeah. June of 2016. Pennsylvania is not a true battleground. Shows real discipline. Uh, yeah, they lost Pennsylvania by 1%. <laughs> so a lot of wrong out there from people that are supposed to be right. Yeah, a lot of wrong. And a lot of it was actually wishful thinking run awry, right? So, you have, I mean, especially in the press, people were just hoping that Hillary would win allowing their their analysis of the election to always head in the direction of their desire. And, boy, were they proven wrong. Now, by the way, all of this soul-searching that you're seeing today, uh, or really just like, how did we get it wrong? How did he win despite uh, all of the data? Um, that's only being done to basically shore up the notion that these outlets deserve to have audiences anymore. I mean, they're, they're just trying to tell people, look, look, there's a reason. You can trust us, Bill. I know we got this hilariously wrong, but trust us. We, we know why we got it wrong now. Everything's better. And I don't think that's the case. I think in a lot of cases that the, the way the press so inaccurately saw what was going on, so inaccurately described who the Trump voter was, so frequently sort of maligned that movement and tried to make it appear as not that meaningful of a representation of the country, I mean, they just got that all that wrong, and I don't think that's going to end. I think they're going to continue to sort of attract Trump and anyone who supports him, uh, and that's not a good thing. You know, they, uh, the media has an obligation and it's to tell the whole truth, and uh, increasingly what it's become is they tell half-truths in the service of activism rather than whole-truths in the service of, of knowledge. I see here on the thedailycaller.com uh, another part of the conventional wisdom that has been 
shattered was that Trump would be so bad for the down ticket races. Not only was that not the case, because as we see, Republicans kept the House, kept the Senate, uh, did very well across the country. And in some places, you could even make the case based on what we've seen uh, with the polling and the numbers that uh, Trump, that people riding into office on Trump's coattails, uh, that the in some of the Senate races, people that decided to distance themselves from Trump, they were the ones who lost. Right. Exactly. Well, Mark Kirk's case specifically, I'm not sure Mark Kirk would have really survived it no matter what. But you know, attacking Trump obviously did him no help. He ends up losing the race. And uh, same with Kelly Kelly Ayotte in New Hampshire and Joe Heck in Nevada. They explicitly right. rejected and, Trump. And you see these guys obviously fall. But now where's Trump? Trump is led with the trifecta. He left with the trifecta. He's got the White House. He's got the House. and He's got the Senate. And he's going to be able to uh, pursue an agenda that's to the liking of all three of those. Right. So um, he's meeting today with Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell to try and begin the process of setting the legislative agenda that the Republican Party is going to pursue, I think, pretty quickly. Everything from installing a new Supreme Court justice, as well as getting the agenda items that Trump has illuminated throughout the campaign on board. And there's already a little bit of disagreement among Republicans. Uh, you have Mitch McConnell already signaling that he's not too keen to pick up the infrastructure spending part, for instance, that Donald Trump wants. But clearly there's going to be areas of agreement that they can all work on very quickly. Uh, you know, I want to ask you, what do you think about the protests across the country that you know no never mind a honeymoon not even a day's respite from leftist agitation over the trump victory uh, i don't know they're protesting what what is the protest they would like to convince people to undo the results of the election i mean are, do they really want to overthrow the government what are they out of the streets protesting they just want to make it known how much they hate trump it's like yeah we already know that Right. Yeah. I mean, protests, protests, I think, are in general healthy. You know, you like some, some healthy back and forth, especially if, if your goal is to try and convince the president to be a president that serves you and serves all of the people rather than just some. But that's not the case here. What these protest movements are about is challenging legitimacy, the notion that Trump is even a legitimate president. And unfortunately, as it is, and, and what's also unfortunate is how predictable this is, so often these things turn to violence that there are members, especially of leftist protest movements that we've seen over the past couple of years, who are frequently resorting to violence as an expression of their agitation and not just simple, peaceful, civil disobedience. So, you know, they're, they're not doing themselves any favors. And in fact, I think they may want to second guess their behavior in light of the fact that it may have had a, a compelling effect on people supporting Donald Trump. All of these Black Lives Matter protests that we've seen over the past few years, Obviously, that's the Democrat side of the aisle has always lined up with it. And I think you in American cities who were just so fed up with violence, with like traffic protests, with just being brought to a screeching halt by by this type of activism and some of the violence, that they're sick of it. And that may have had effect on helping Donald Trump get elected. I mean, you even have people of of the likes of uh, what's his Aaron Sorkin, writer of the West Wing and. Uh, who you know, became most famous for creating an alternative presidency for liberals who hated Bush so much they wanted to pretend that Charlie Sheen's dad was their president. Uh, and and he's saying he had this open letter, which is just, you know, this thing that, oh, I'm going to write an open letter now about Trump uh, to his to the Sorkin girls. I read the whole thing. He called last or he called the election uh, from, you know, the, whatever it was yesterday, day before yesterday, uh, a, a win for the Klan. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that people are out there saying who have platforms, who have audiences and followings. 
this is just wildly irresponsible, and, and I think it demeans the real arguments that some people in the Democratic Party can at least have with Republicans on issues. It makes them look like a bunch of clowns. Right, and also it, it muddies the waters for the United States to pursue um, uh, some semblance of reasonable democracy, right? So, I mean, Hillary gave a concession speech and said all the right things about what she hopes for the country and that Donald Trump's a good president, et cetera, et cetera. But what she didn't concede, and, and something I think she should, is the extent to which she's made the country think a certain thing about Donald Trump. I'm convinced that the people who are in power, the people who are closest to it, including the Hillary campaign, have just created this image of Trump that doesn't accurately reflect who he is. Now, granted, he's a man of like of, of many sins, for sure. He's definitely committed a lot of things that I think a lot make a lot of people uncomfortable. But he's not everything that they say he is. If he's a racist, prove it. Make your case. But far too often it was just sort of like, trust me on this, he is. And many of the people who sort of were following the Hillary Clinton campaign just went along with it. And now we're left with that as a country, this notion that he, are, he is things that nobody's really set out to prove. Don't these campuses, uh, the students on the campus, college campuses and, and professors, want to maintain some semblance of dignity? To, to have adults, including faculty, have sit-ins, cry-ins, cry essentially yeah. group therapy sessions, the creation of safe... This is what they're doing. They're having safe spaces set up post-election for people to cry about this. I, I you know, at least the sort of ground-pounding community organizer leftists sometimes you feel like they're they're devoted to the cause and yeah, <laughs> maybe they're a worthy adversary this yeah. campus stuff is just they're just a bunch of little whiners totally it's, it's disgusting and it's pitiful and uh pathetic if i can think of a couple more adjectives i'll drop them in but no it's it's also the reason yet again i mean people keep wondering you know how does Donald Trump got elected well there's one way i mean if the country has become more like that in the last seven years than last right I mean, Buck, I mean, how many times, if you asked 10 years ago, like, how many places are having cry-ins or safe spaces? Yeah, it was beginning to happen, but not like it is now. Holy cow. I mean, just the sheer act of being offended is enough to get people expelled from school. So we're looking at a very, very different world than we were a decade ago. And as a result, I think, there's a lot of people who are both longing for a world that makes much more sense and people who have, like, respect for the fact that, like, people are going to disagree. You know, I think one of the instincts that we've just seen in the last 24 hours that's a byproduct of this, is the notion of challenging Donald Trump's legitimacy. Like in 2016, you basically get everything you want whenever you want, right? You can get on your phone, you can order a car, you can order food, anything you need, nobody's supposed to offend you, you can do whatever gender you want. So there's all these things where, right, where you just sort of get to pick your lifestyle and be happy. And when the person you don't want to be president becomes president, boy, does that seem like an affront. Like, well, your whole world is collapsing around you. And in this case, Donald Trump has become president, yes, People are going to disagree with that. But I think there's a lot of people out there who don't understand that they have to live in a world where sometimes things happen that they don't want to happen. And in this case, that's Donald Trump being elected for well, many liberals. You know, having seen one of the – I don't know if you saw any of the protests yourself, Vince. Uh, you were in New York or D.C. last night. But uh, I, I saw a, one of the major protests here in New York City and, and watched it sort of march by and screaming and cursing. Overwhelmingly, people in their 20s and, and 30s, uh, I would say 70 to 80 percent from what I saw, maybe more. And I think that for a lot of them, they've just never as you know, they've never in their adult life or close to it had to deal with anything other than Obama presidency. Also, they're just so used to, yes, we can. He's a genius. He's the greatest president in history. And he's super progressive. And the media will cover for him no matter what. And now there's this sort of shock of the reality setting in that 
they're going to get to sit now and watch the TV and hear speech after speech after speech from someone that a lot of them uh, don't just disagree with, which is fine, but actively hate and hate because they were, as you pointed out, told to by Hillary Clinton. They were told that he was a bad person and that supporting him was indicative of low character. Right. Yeah. And actually, the very man who met today with uh, Donald Trump, President Obama, called Trump unfit to be president. And yet here he is meeting with the guy. And they both had nice things to say about each other after they left the meeting, by the way. And that must feel confusing to anyone who agreed with Obama's assessment that this, that he was, this man was unfit to be president. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's going on. And I think it's not a good thing. I mean, think about what it means to be 20 years old right now. At 10, it was 2006, and the left was fully, and the right had joined them, basically opposed to uh, George W. Bush. So their entire state of political consciousness has involved either attacking Republicans or only siding with President Obama. And now for the first time in the lives of many millennials, they're going to have to deal, grapple with a Republican president, although that obviously is a very different definition than what it used to be. I mean, Donald Trump, in many ways, is a very different politician than, than either side can really typecast. But for the first time now, they're going to deal with a Republican, and they just don't know how to deal with it other than just playing mud at them. What do you think Obama's going to do for the next couple of months? Do you have anything in mind that we should expect as President Obama uh, sort of readies his last his last phase in office? Uh, you know, lame duck Obama gives us what, in your opinion? Well, I think, you know, I think he's still interested in executive orders and general executive actions. I still think he's interested in agency regulation. Uh, you know, these are things he doesn't need Congress to do. Uh, it, and he hasn't, you know, he spent his entire presidency sort of eschewing inclusion of Congress in the process. So I don't see why that would change now. Um, it'd be interesting to see his use of the pardon power to whom it extends and whether or not that goes up to and including Hillary Clinton or anybody within her circle of influence. Uh, you know, I, I, I really can't predict it. My hope would be that he not muddy the waters for, for, tr- for Donald Trump, that you can spend your lame duck gracefully exiting, but he may very well do everything he can to sort of pr- try and preserve his legacy that he may feel is very under threat by the next president. Vince Colonese is The Daily Caller's executive editor. You can follow him at the DC Vince on Twitter and go check out DailyCaller.com. They did great stuff over the elections, a site I check out all the time. Vince, really appreciate having you. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.